it's better when I lose. Oh, you, yeah. you know, like it's it's yeah. It's hard to make jokes about how you broke up with someone, isn't it? If I'm the reason why, I think people get it more, and people start looking at themselves more and go, "Oh, maybe that was me." I mean, I've tried jokes where I win, and they're funny throughout, and then it doesn't close well. <laughs> but if I lose, people are like, "Yeah." You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad, trying to find out. How to do life But it turns out Nobody knows I am talking to you um, Not super loudly <laughs> Because I am in my Edinburgh flat And in this flat There are other people Also living And I don't know if they're asleep uh, At this hour so I'm going to try and be fairly quiet. I'm also going to try and be fairly quick because, you know, this is recorded during the Edinburgh French, so I have no energy left. <laughs> I have no energy left. By the time you listen to this, the French will be over, and you can imagine me just in my own bed for three days straight without moving, apart from one of the days I have to go to therapy, and also another day some um, a new desk... Um, organizer will arrive so that's very important so I had to be out of bed for that but apart from that we've been in bed all the time so I want to just say thank you to everyone who came to see me at the Edinburgh Festival everyone who came to see Secret Dinosaur Cult live thank you for being amazing people I mainly stayed away from um like I didn't hang around I didn't meet a lot of people who'd come to see the show and that's mainly because so my psycho well, it's a mixture between my psychological energy like being quiet. You know, I it's hard to explain if you haven't seen the show, but um the show takes something out of me like there's a uh, if you see it you'll know that there are certain things I just would probably not want to hear about <laughs> when I come out and a lot of people tend to have not really seen that um and I'll be honest with you, like, it's this this festival has been really intense. Um, I mean, I love people for supporting my work. I love that people like what I do and that they listen to this podcast and they're supportive. Like, I love it so, so much. But some of you need to learn some boundaries. Like, I have been, like, physically dragged... Like, I've had people drag me, like me speaking to, like, a friend I haven't seen for 10 years, and then have people, like, drag me to be like, you have to meet my friend, and then just, like, like pulling my clothes. And I've had people, like, I've been on the phone, you know, in public, but it was obviously quite a distressful conversation. I was like, you know, I was being quite like, listen, blah, 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 blah. we need to figure this out. This blah, 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 blah. And then someone just sat down next to me and started talking and, you know, just going, when I was a child, blah, 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 blah. And I had to be like, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to call you back because it was so weird. And I mean, and I really, I, I obviously don't want to offend anyone or make anyone sad or anything, but at the same time, you know, it made me kind of, when people then came up to me, I had to sort of be a bit distant because fucking hell, some of the things that, you know, 
people have said to me during this fringe has been so out of, like it's been quite extreme. So I think if I if I was to say anything, you know, apart from of course, still being genuinely grateful for all of your support, um, you know, if if I'm in public and I'm not, um, you know, purposefully meeting people like a book signing or. You know, after a show, if I'm like, you know, signing posters or whatever, then um, maybe just consider what situation I'm in. Like, am I talking to friends? Am I uh, having dinner with people? Am I, you know, am I being just like a, a a regular person? Then that might not be the time to to strike up a conversation. <laughs> I think, and I don't know. I I feel like the the um, the reaction to this will be people saying you know, oh, you should just be grateful, or, well, if you're in the public eye, you should just accept that that's the way it is, or, you know, people are just trying to be nice, and blah, 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 and I, yeah, I understand why that's your reaction, I totally understand that, but, I mean, I spoke to some other people who are sort of on my level, who've sort of got the same types of fans, you know, like podcasters, and activists, and comedians, and Mm, weirdly, the only other people that I've spoken to who have the same relationship with their fans are other fat people. So I feel like maybe there's also an aspect of this that is, you know, you might automatically see me as someone who should, almost like a mother hen or, you know, like a maternal figure that you can tell you're, you you know, I mean, I get so many DMs from people saying, I just want to hang out with you and tell you all of my worries. And I'm like, dude, I got worries too. <laughs> like, um, and I totally get it because I'm in your ear right now. You know, like it, it does feel like I'm speaking directly to you. But I've not, I've, I don't, I've not met you. <laughs> I've not met you. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think we need to talk about boundaries a bit. You know, because I'm pretty sure we can we can continue on this way, but with some healthy boundaries that, you know, because I, I hear a lot of stories about, you know, proper celebrities who just never leave their house. And I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> like, I don't want to be, I don't want to end up as someone who's just like, you know, you need to get me out the back, put a bag over my head, go, 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 you know. I do, because I, most of my, most of you people are so, so fucking lovely. But, um, yeah, let's have a little think about boundaries. Um, and that, you know, for example, when someone has asked you to, um, you know, leave the venue where I'm doing my show and I'm currently packing away all of my stuff because we only have a 20 minute turnover before the next show comes in. And I'm like rushing through, I'm speaking to my, uh, my crew, you know, maybe don't go back into the venue and start the conversation because I'm going to be super stressed and at work basically. Anyways, that became a long sort of rant thing. Um, I'm weirdly nervous about saying it because I don't want people to be sad. I don't want people to be like, you know, yeah, sad. So, uh, but I'm also sure you can empathize with (laughs) how this fringe has been for me. Now, um, this has been quite a long intro. It's been a while since I've done these intros. I assume that people who just want to hear me speak to Tone Bell 
I was just going to scroll through this. I quickly want to say to those of you who have not seen the show yet, I'm taking it on tour on September 3rd and 4th. I'll be in Copenhagen. I have then set up a Soho Theatre run in London from September 10th to September 14th in the big room. Ooh. Uh, they have benches and stuff, so it's more comfortable. The, the room with the most comfortable seating, I think. And I prefer the balcony, in case anyone wants some insider tips. That's from 9 to 10. Uh, I'll also be doing it in Lund, Lund in Sweden, in s- at the end of August. You should, I mean, if you listen to this immediately, you should be able to make all of these. But if you listen to this far into the future, yeah. I'll then go into a, I'll be in Winchester, Kendall, Aberdeen, Buxton, Bromsgrove, Leicester, Northampton, Reading, Blackheath, Farnham, Oxford, Maidenhead, Fareham, New Milton, York, Sheffield, Lancaster, Didkit, Didkit, uh, Aldershot, Canterbury, Colchester, and Cambridge. And uh, Made of Human Podcast, we're doing a live show on the 22nd of September. And today, Desiree Birch confirmed. So she's going to be the guest in the live episode at Steel Yard. So go to madeofhumanpodcast.com to get tickets for that and see me have uh, reunite with Desiree on stage. It's going to be so much fun. I'm very, very excited. Now, I have spoken enough. (laughs) But I do hope you come and see me on tour in London, Copenhagen, all of those places. It's a show that I have now done 24, 25, I don't know, times in a row, and I love doing it, and it's, uh, yeah, it's been received well, so I'm very happy, but I'm also very tired, so I'm going to now let you listen to, I haven't even mentioned Tone, I met Tone at the Dublin, uh, Dublin Comedy Festival, the Vodafone Comedy Festival, I did the, the recording in my hotel room, I don't remember now what happened, but I, there might have been some sounds from the outside, because it was so hot when we recorded it, I had to have a window open, Tone was, uh, Oh my God, the extra content on Patreon with him. You will hear me react to him saying something that I've never regretted more someone bringing something up that late because I was like, oh my fucking God, we should have talked about that on the main, but we didn't have any time. Uh, I think Tone is a very, very, very interesting person. I am super fascinated by him. I am excited for you to hear him talk <laughs> and for me, to hear me talk with him. So please enjoy this episode with the incredible Tone Bell. First, for people who might not know who you are, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Tone Bell. I've uh, uh, been in comedy for like 12 years now, live in LA. Uh, also an actor, just kind of hopping into movies at this point. You should do a lot of sitcoms. Uh, yeah, that's about it. What do you it. mean hopping, From, hopping into movies? What does that uh, I just kind of like, I just kind of broke my, popped my movie cherry not too long ago. So, um, yeah. I had a movie come out in, um, uh, summer of, I guess summer of 18. And then I had one come out in theaters, uh, April of 19. I have one coming out in theaters, September of 19. And then another one coming out in top of 2020. Wow! Yeah, how's that? It's 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 cool. Yeah, yeah? it's different though because I'm used to doing sick like live uh, audience shows, sitcoms like traditional oh, sitcoms. Oh, really? So I've done about five or six of those. And uh, what's that like? It's great. Like yeah? it's it's yeah. It's like it's, it's you can still get that nervous energy because it's not your material. Mm. It's like somebody else's material, but you know your your spin on it. It's real cool. It's a uh, then when the network trusts you, I've done like you know CBS, NBC. Uh, Netflix. Um, some I've hosted a couple shows, 
But yeah, it's been yeah, it's been like super fun. And uh, my my first special just came out. My first hour came out on Showtime, and now it's on like all platforms and albums out on uh, Spotify and iTunes, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and I and since all the shows got canceled, my my uh, the title of my special is called "Can't Cancel This." Amazing, <laughs> amazing. So it's like yeah, you got to lean into the. To the joke. There's a South African comedian who called his show cancelled. Yeah. And uh, every single day he has to go on Instagram and go, it's not actually cancelled. Like, I am doing the show tonight. Because <laughs> people keep going, oh, It's a live show? Canceled. Is a live yeah, show going cancelled? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the que- I want to ask you, like, where we're meeting you now, like, in your life. Because you know how, like, if we'd done this yesterday or even this morning or a week ago, you would have been in a different place in your mind and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Where are you at right now in your life? Where are we meeting you? What's uh, I'm uh, uh, let's see. I am, um, I there there was a there was a pretty big job that I was waiting on to hear for, like to hear. I tested for it on Monday mm. after, and I guess okay. Let me back up a little bit. So I was on the road um, in the states. I was. Uh, Every year, the guy who opens for me, um, just one of my best friends, his name is Rojo Perez. We kind of take like a road trip, like a buddy trip. And it's always like through the South. And uh, we used to go from like Virginia to New Orleans or something like that. So, the, But this year, it was just kind of Atlanta, New Orleans, Austin. And then um, I got this I got this call like, hey, they like you for this show. They want to see you. And so I taped it in Austin and then sent it in. They were like, great. We loved it. Uh, but we want something different. Mm. they're like we don't think it was a performance thing we loved it didn't even know you could do drama like this it was great and then they passed and it's like hey that happens it happens and then um two weeks later this past saturday they called back and they're like we want to revisit this and i was like oh cool i was like all right great and so then i go in uh monday but then you know my ego kicks in i'm a little i'm like no y'all didn't want me (laughs) (laughs) now i was like but you know what you know, uh, can I say fuck? Can I say yeah, whatever? Yeah. Okay. I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm going to do the tape. Just, I'm, I'll prove myself again. And so then I do this tape. Um, oh, I go into the studio. I go to Warner Brothers. And um, I the I didn't know it was a chemistry read. I had no idea it was a chemistry What's read. What's a chemistry a read? A chemistry read is, is uh, so I send the tape in with just a buddy reading with yeah, me off yeah, camera. Yeah. This one is with the director, the casting director, one of the producers. Ah, so see if you can so I go, bounce off of each other. Yeah, to like see, you know, to see if if I give her what she needs and she gives me what I need. And she already has the part. And so now I'm like testing to see if yeah. I'm worthy. <laughs> you know, like if, wow. And so I go in and, and um, uh, you know, camera person and it's, you know, studio lit and it's, you know, just in this room. And uh, and I've I've been on the other side of this too where I've already had the job and then I'm reading with multiple love interest you know multiple women to see if you know and they're all great everybody who comes in is always great mm. but then there's always like a spark with mm. you know somebody special um and you know people i've been fans of too like oh shit i got the job and then they're reading yeah. me. what and then i go in and read with her and it was great i already knew her uh she's oh, a yeah. she's um uh she was uh she was on a show a long lasting show uh and we had a great time it was like, and I, her and I had never seen each other do drama, so we got a chance to improv a little. It was great. It was, uh, it was fucking amazing, and um, she was very excited about it. So was I, and um, and then, so I was kind of waiting on news, but I flew over here, flew to Dublin, and um, and now I'm waiting on my agent to call, my manager to call, and oh. and so like, I mean, the anxieties and because I already don't have the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and I think that somebody told me a while ago, like that was a George Clooney kind of quote, like you can't be mad at a job you don't already have. Oh, that's a good quote. It was. It's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I think, but I it's something. But it's something like that. It's like, 
you you're fine without the job. You'd love to get the job, but yeah. don't be mad at a job you don't already have. You're you know, not so, losing. You're not losing. You're anything. not losing anything. I, I can only win. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I'm trying to like. I'm trying to take it in that manner. And then uh, last night after my show, I'm hanging out in the lounge, and then my manager finally calls, and he goes, "I don't know what's happening, but they offered you a part, but not the part you went in for." Okay. And so, that's like. I don't, and I don't know much about that other role. Yeah. And it makes sense. <clears throat> and it kind of, it, it feels weird because the guy who ended up getting the job, I love him too. Like he's, he's a good friend. He's, yeah. he's great. And so I'm happy for him. And so sometimes you just want to know like, what was it? Yeah. You know, like what is a performance? Like, cause let me do it again. Yeah. You know, I mean, not taking the job away from him, but I'm like, but also you kind of want notes to go yeah. for the next time. Like what, what could it be? Yeah. Is it a look? Is it performance? Is it my quote? Is it how much I cost to be in a show? And um, yeah, because we can change that. Yeah, and like, hey, I take less money. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not cheap, but you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll do what I, you know. Um, and so it was kind of, but at the, that point last night, I already had like, I don't know, six to eight Jamesons. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, now I'm in my feelings about it. They were coming up now. Uh, and uh, so. It didn't hurt, but it, but it, you know, you kind of just, you, it's like going through a breakup, like, like, or like you're and and actually that was kind of happening too. Like right before okay. I left, I, I started kind of going out with a girl that didn't, we were cool for a long time. And then we tried to, we gave it like a month and then, uh, because our relationship was changing from friendship to like possibly romantic but it didn't happen. Our timelines were different. And so it kind of messed up our friendship. And that. so now I was kind of fighting that of like, yeah. I'm mad about that. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of just want everything to be okay with, between. you know, when I go yeah. back, I'm out here for a couple of weeks, then I go back to the States on tour. So I won't get back until like the end of August. So like between that, like thinking about that way too much and then trying to focus on having a good time in Dublin, having good shows. And then also worrying about this TV show. Uh, where am I now? It's, uh, uh disheveled and confused. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So but also like that's the best way. I mean, you know, it's like it's like you know when you know when a musician is in heartbreak, the album is the best. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody wants a happy album. <laughs> the last dude that made it like Pharrell was a lot maybe Justin Timberlake did a yeah. good happy song and then so did Pharrell. But you want to hear the dark shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe my comedy will get better. <laughs> In this very drab period, but uh, are, but, you, are you good at processing your feelings about things? Uh, or do you just push it away? Uh, I put it on stage, yeah, yeah. So I put anything that's like the, the hard part is, is I don't, I don't read, I read people well, mm-hmm. I don't read what people think well, like what you expect uh-huh. from me. I don't, I'm, I have no tact, and I. I would rather tell you the truth and save you time than worry about your feelings. So you might be pissed at me, but but in retrospect, you go, that motherfucker didn't lie to me. That's and so I bad. I mean, and so there I don't I you know, I probably have a reputation for like people w- women more so than men, but um being kind of getting a little upset at me and then they come back around and go, "Man, you know what? My bad. I was I felt a certain way at the time, but 
you're a good dude and you always tell the truth. And I and I I refuse because I don't want to keep up with a lie. I'd ra- it doesn't matter what it is. I my mom knows that. She goes, my best friends know that. He will not lie to you. He would rather hurt your feelings. I will tell the hard truth than to try to make you feel better about some shit. So um, knowing that I'm just in that, I feel good about it. But I put it on stage. I just put it, you know, I process it well. And I go, how can I get this out of my system to know that I'm not that I was right, but I know I'm not wrong either. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with like uh, it hurts, but but I'm but I'm cool going. All right. How to express this later? Yeah. And then hopefully it comes out on stage and people can identify with it and they and they um, and they can relate. And you don't use it on stage in a way of distancing yourself from it and, you know, like making it into a joke. So it's easier to handle or do you know what I mean? I mean, I've, yeah. I've done shows. I've done jokes where I've thought, oh, I don't think I was really ready to talk about that breakup the day after it happened. Yeah. I think I was just trying to. You got to purge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At it, I bet it hurts less, and then it all comes tumbling down. But it's all, it's all. Do you find that, like, you. I find in material that I. It's better when I lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You know, like, it's. it's. Yeah, it's hard to make jokes about how you broke up with someone, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's. it's if I'm the If I'm the reason why, I think people get it more, and people start looking at themselves more and go, oh, maybe that was me. How does that. Um, because I mean, I've tried jokes where I win and they're funny throughout and then it doesn't close well. Yeah. <laughs> but if I lose, people are like, yeah. But it's that, I mean, I, I've not, I've gigged very, very, very little in, in the US, but I feel like the comedians who come from the US are often quite confident and kind of have to be quite alpha on stage where I feel like, and I might be completely wrong. I'm, be go ahead, the, I'm agreeing with you, you know so far. I mean? yeah, yeah? yeah. Where I see a lot of people in, you know, in Edinburgh and in the UK where some of it's very clowny and very extremely emotional you know like hannah gatsby and annette of mm-hmm, course mm-hmm. was australian but that's sort of a whole other kind of scene so yeah is that am i onto something there yeah i think i think you're right i think you're right in we do have to overcompensate sometimes and i mean i mean some people i mean there are you know that that sector of people that are always down and drab and and self-deprecating but i think a lot of us i would say majority of us are chest out even if you're losing in the bit even if it's about you you still have to come off like ah fuck it i'm 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 still doing i'm doing fine like tyler perry shit i'm doing bad about myself yeah yeah. (laughs) and and yeah but you have to be able to take it and and i i think people can appreciate i think people because i think people can see both sides of it um whether you're the victor or the or you're being the one condemned in this and yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to a little more, you know, broad shoulders and chin up, and then you can talk about having your chin down. But at the end of it, you go like, "Oh yeah, but I'm, I'm still here, I'm still, I'm still strong in it. I'm, you know, let's move on." <laughs> and is that that sounds like that would could help the like if you then, I mean, it's almost like uh, it's almost contradictory, but it's not. You know, it's you're talking about a time when you like lost. if I said I was great with getting broken up with, I'd smile while saying it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, yeah. oh, I piss chicks off all the time. Like I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to come out with, and it's like I don't mean to, because nobody hurts. I mean, their majority of people don't hurt other people intentionally. It's a yeah. mistake, but also we don't live in a culture where you can make mistakes anymore. You get one shot. It's not. There's not a. I mean, even with the police, there's no st- three strike rule anymore. Mm. You're fucking going away. Mm. You know, so like yeah. it, even so, personally, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, you make one mistake, I'm out. It's like, but I used to, like, there's not one test in school. 
you get a whole semester to like take a bunch of tests and then there's a final, but also the test you took leading up to that point got you this. So you can still fail the final and still pass the class. Like yeah, let yeah, me yeah. Like, I, feel with, I mean there's so many different aspects of that. But yeah, I think in love, I think the main thing is there's so many all or nothing rules. Yeah. Once a cheater, always a cheater. You know, like if you did that once, you'll do it again. There's right. so many because I think it's because it's such a vulnerable thing and people get so scared of being hurt that people like to have these rules like this is how it is and if he doesn't do that then you know yeah that whole uh, close your eyes if he doesn't remember your, the color of your eyes and he doesn't love you know there are so many rules and you're like but people don't really yeah function like that people what's like it's weird when, I, I, I don't i'm very comfortable knowing that people like now we have there's always something going on right so it's like our brains are like your iphone or whatever your smartphone is and you have a bunch of apps open and I'm doing all these things at one time. So I might not remember that today is your birthday. I don't people. I don't get mad when somebody doesn't remember my birthday. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Mm. You have a lot of shit. You have a lot of apps open in your brain. You may not be thinking about this right now. I don't care. But then, so, you know, it's it's weird. Like, I don't know. Who knows phone numbers? <laughs> God. Nobody knows no. anything now. It's, 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 and so to be, you know, to have that kind of pressure of like, I always have to be on it so I can't make a mistake is difficult. Mm. it's very difficult and it's like i don't mean to disappoint you and i in and just growing uh i mean therapy's helped a little bit i don't know if the, my therapist has helped but also just like having someone quiet for an hour is, is nice <laughs> to like just let me talk it's like a non it's like a podcast i'm not recording <laughs> and she tries to like chime in i'm like no, no i'm not done la- lady let me finish <laughs> and but it's 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 weird realizing certain things as i'm growing up i mean in my 30s now it's like i didn't realize um like I was, I was talking to my therapist and I've talked to friends about this, but like, no, I don't really have a lot of friends, especially that I grew up with high school and, and college. Most of my friends' dads were in jail, gone, or were killed. And I didn't think about this until almost a year ago. And my dad worked a lot. So like, we don't, we, we have like a good relationship. We don't have like the best, but also looking at as I get older, my dad's relationship with his dad, they weren't super tight. So my, okay. So now he doesn't know how to be super tight with his son. He doesn't know. He doesn't watch sports. Like that's a connection thing. Mm. So now going and my mom, like I watched, you know, forgive me, but I watched the Cosby show growing up. I watched Fresh Prince growing up. I've watched all these shows where like, Oh, this is how love looks. I never saw my parents just come in. My dad, like drop his stuff off on the kitchen table and then whisk my mom around the room, dancing and kissing her hand. They like motherfucker. I'm tired. So they go out on the porch, have a cigarette. My mom would watch her TV. My dad watch his. And it was like just two people who like, oh, we can tolerate each other. We love each other. And we're surviving raising this dude. Only child. And so now when I get to these relationships, I'm learning a lot as I'm going into it. And so I'm trying to trying to do the right thing with friendships, too. My dad doesn't have a lot of friends. My mom has a few but also my family lives out of town. We're the only part of my family. So it's like, I'm learning all these things going like, man, I didn't have a lot of these. I'm doing pretty fucking good for the pieces that I wasn't given. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't give somebody a stencil of a circle and say, draw a square. Yeah. It's impossible. And whatever you're going to, if you have a child, whatever you're passing on will then be better. And because what your dad did was probably better than what he was passed on. So it's kind of retrifying. Yeah. And then even, even rely like my, my, my dad, when my father was probably like mid fifties, he started talking to my grandfather more. Mm. So it was like, Oh, it took you this long to like try to bridge that gap. Yeah. And so my mom and I are super tight, but also she doesn't have like a lot of great relationship advice. The only dude she ever really kicked it with was my dad. 
So it's so it's like, and I think if I could, and I talk about it on stage. I talk about it often, and I think people a lot of times still think it's jokes. Mm, how so? I think if you if you if if you comics that you pay attention to and that and you watch the layeredness of their material, if you if you if you watch them grow, then you catch it. But it could just be that surface level of people. And it's, I mean, even when I'm working on it, talking about it, like like this or any other conversation I have, the people who are listening, not just hearing me when they're listening, they go, oh, man, OK, he's trying to tell me something that he doesn't have all the tools and he's not equipped. So let me step up and like help him a little more. I'm only child, too. So like I need, you know, I can I can rock with you for like five, six days and we can be fun. And then I need two days to myself. Yeah, I need to back the fuck up and go just to want to see you again. I need 48 hours to go. Oh, man, I miss her already. But I need that two days. You got to yeah. give me that today. I need a week. I need a weekend. too. I need a break. Yeah. Just to just to want that again, because I'm not used to it. Uh, so it's yeah, it, it sucks that, um, you know, you think you have this relationship and somebody's willing to let you uh, um, cultivate it. And then the timeline is different on anything i mean it could be an audition it could be a relationship with a you know an agent or a man it doesn't matter what as long as you have a connection with somebody but also you have to respect what they might or might not know absolutely but there is also another aspect of it which is it's also very tiring and that of course it's never someone's fault if they don't have all the tools most of us don't have all the tools but some yeah. of course have more than others but it's very tiring entering into a relationship where you have to provide tools, yeah. you know, because sometimes it's becomes, you got to come in moving ready. It becomes so much work to have to go, you know, so, so sometimes you'll be in a relation with someone and they'll go, oh, why didn't you tell me to wear a jacket today? Like, yeah. But, what? I'm not your, like, you I'm know not your show, mother, you know? You know the show Love It or List It? Do you, have you ever seen this? No? Okay, so it, it's a it's a HGTV show. Uh-huh. Uh, Home and Garden. I think it's Home and Garden. I guess that's what it stands for. Home and Garden TV. And they just like it's a bunch of shows on there. Just 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 about fixing up houses or flipping houses or you know flipping houses. You know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Term. Okay. Um, and so there's a show called Love It or List It where they take a couple and then uh, one agent, one real estate agent goes, "You can this the house is already ready. It's exactly what you want. Or we can show you these three shitty houses and then try to fix it up to be exactly what you want." Majority of people want move in ready. Yeah. The, you want the one that's like, all I got to do is move these boxes in my bed and my TVs in and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then every now and then somebody goes, all right, let's fix this shit up. I'm going to make it exactly what I want it to be. And you take the time and kind of, I mean, you didn't know it was going to be all these problems. There's a water main bust. The foundation is cracked. There's a hole in the roof. But it's like, but you know what? At, there's a better story sometimes when you go, I replaced that floor myself. I fixed that fucking water main. I patched that ceiling up. And now not only do you have the home that you wanted, but you like you put your own blood, sweat, and tears into it. Now you're proud of it. But nobody wants that shit. You want the motherfucker that's already ready. You're like, ooh, stainless steel. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're not a contractor, then yeah. I, can, I can't blame people for not wanting to. Yeah, I mean, they both make sense. Yeah, I mean, we, I've just as someone who's been in relation with people where you suddenly realize that, oh, I think what you wanted was actually a parent and not, not a... a respected partner or like a lover or a you just wanted someone to to kind of look after you yeah and of course there is that in relationships and of course you should be nice to each other and all of that but if you've already done all the work yourself to give yourself the tool through therapy and friendship and all things you're kind of at a point where you go could you just sort yourself out (laughs) and then come back and then we can work on this together yeah 
I mean, often that that ha- I mean, that happens. That's that's the. But if you don't talk about it, if you don't like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I'm not into wasting time. Yeah. Because the only thing we really have, like, it is nothing else really matters but time. You have no no other control but time. Like that's it. All I can say is we didn't have enough of it or we had too much of it and I'm not going to take yours from you. So if you don't want to give me a lot, me some time to like get to know what you want, I guess it's not going to work. And I think the good thing is, you know, you know, I recognize it. Yeah. And you know, there are tools you don't have. And that is so important to just be aware of. Cause I think a lot of people are just very unaware of it. And yeah. then they don't understand why someone's suddenly reacting in a certain way where at least you can see it. Like, okay, yeah, this is my, I try to take a back seat and go, but if, if, I start to backseat and in anytime there's a, a you know a, a snafu a speed bump a um, uh, you know there's a, there's a gap in this bridge I try to look at it from your perspective no matter what it is why would you what did I do to spark this thing to make you feel this way as we communicate I do that I don't think a lot of people do that mm. you go you should have known how should I have known Sometimes maybe I should have known. Occasionally I should have known, but sometimes it's it's like just think about what I might have going on, to where I may I maybe dropped the ball and I wasn't as present. Now, and you know what's something I started? Okay, now I'm just talking. But yeah, you know it's yeah. something I started doing that a friend of mine um, from I mean I've known her since I was like 12, 11 or twelve years old, and. Um, uh, she had moved to LA. She had already lived in LA. Excuse me. She had already lived in LA, and then she heard I moved to LA, and then we reconnected after like twenty years. And so we went to lunch one day, and I was so used to. I mean, we all are being on our phones basically at all times. So I'm like responding to texts and emails. We're going to dinner, and she grabs my hand. She puts the phone down. She goes, "I haven't seen you in twenty years. Can you like, can you be a little present with me? Like I missed you, and it's like just like." I haven't caught up with you. Just like be here with me and then you can get back to that. And since then, I've kind of adopted that. When I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm not looking at my phone. When I when I go home, I put on the charger and then I go do anything else I have to do at home and not be, or if I'm at dinner, or if I'm at a comedy club, if I'm wherever I'm, whatever I'm doing, if I'm with a group or what I'm with you. And then I'll get back to that later. There's a, I have a, a friend of mine who, and she's a, she's like a relationship therapist or like, she's like a life coach and she just wrote a book and we're really, we're really tight and we have like a TV night. So once a week we get together, we binge all our shows that came out that week, put my phone in the charger. I don't touch it for five, six hours, but then other people go like, you can respond back. I'm being present here, but the same respect I give you when I'm with you, I'm going to give with her when I'm, when it's TV night. And so you only respect it when I'm with you, but when I'm not with you, you don't respect it. And it's, it's a weird kind of. But I feel like the I'm one being the most respectful, and you only understand it when it's your time. When it's my time, it's not respected. So it's it's a, it's a hard balance. It's a hard juggling act. Well, when I started therapy, I remember my it was one of the things that struck me the most in therapy was uh, my therapist asked me to start saying no to things and setting boundaries. Oh. And then I was like, oh. but I can't because people will get mad. And I expected her to say, no, don't worry. But she said, yeah. People will be so mad because yeah. they're so used to you doing their homework for them and doing everything. You say yes for to every, I'll say yes to everything. And then when you start saying no, people get like, "Oh, it must be me." Then they're yeah. angry with me. And learning or realizing that there's a time period of after when you start setting boundaries that people will be upset, and then knowing that eventually they'll realize, "Oh, that's just who they are now." Yep. And it's not to do with me. And then they'll accept that you don't respond. I'm right still at away. the point where like I. 
I can't say no, but I, I try to find a way to, to not do, because I'm a people please. I'm the only child I'm a people please. That's how you make friends as an only child. Like, yes, I want to be there for you. I say, I'm a yes to everything. And I run myself ragged and I spread myself super thin, but I say yes to everything. And I hate that I do that, but also it's like, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Mm. I want everybody to go, oh, man, Tone's a good dude. And then in that, you end up disappointing a lot of people. Not wanting to, but you go, I just, all I want to do is be there for you. And so now even, even when I back up and go, I can't do that. I still go, man, I'm really sorry. I'm apologizing to you for something I know I'm not able to do. <laughs> well, that, that's funny because you're capable of doing that when you, uh, when you're honest with people. Cause you know that your honesty will sometimes mean disappointing people. So you can do it with that, but you yeah. can't do it with saying no to things. It's. It's the same, it's sort of the same it's, thing. It should, it? Yeah. I'm okay. You just blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it should be. It should be. It's, I don't know what that is. Maybe I have to discuss that in therapy next, next time. <laughs> yeah, bring it's, it, bring <laughs> it with you. You're bringing up all these, <laughs> all these feelings in me right now. No, but I, I, I mean, boundary work is, it's so hard. I think yeah. it's so hard because you do feel like, I mean, I'm the same. I'm sorry, so, so sorry. I really wish I could. I'm so, yeah. so sorry. But actually, like, setting a boundary is also something you do a favor to someone by doing that because yeah. eventually that's going to be really good for them because you'll be a better person and you're not going to start promising things where you're like fuck I'm going to have to cancel because I promised two th people I was going to be at the same thing at the same time right it's um yeah I mean like when I I don't know often that I because I say like anybody who has a decent enough show in LA I will do it mm. and I'm not the dude who always still because I, I work the road a lot right so I always feel I need to do great shows and also kind of some shitty shows, right? Just mm. to make, keep my, to keep me grounded and keep me humble. So, mm -hmm. and I won't sometimes find out unless I'm on Twitter that I triple booked an 830 spot, which we've all been, you know, yeah. it's like, I, yeah, 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 I got, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Tony, you closing this show? Fuck, I'm closing three shows right now at the same time. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there. But there's always another comic hanging out. So, so. Yeah. And I don't mean to, but I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I don't don't write it down right then. But you want to be that guy who goes, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Right. And and but then I'm also the dude who like when I have a show that's my show, I produce the show, and you know the, those those few people that want the personal invite from you. But I've been promoting this for a month. I told you about it, and then that you know those two or three people go like, you didn't invite me, and you're like, I've been pushing this for a month i've texted 120 people today you know i want you there i've anything i do i want you there but then I'm, and i maybe and also maybe this is like i'm trying to not feel this way but uh especially like when you're trying to figure out comedy's still a job now right it used to be a hobby that i used to invite people to now that i have to do it for money and sanity, the I don't do the invite thing. Mm. Like I'm not gonna just invite you because I want you. It's like you gotta know I want you there. You you didn't invite me. I, come on, come on. Just give me like I'm not and I and I get like it's to, but I'm to me I'm going to work. I don't invite people to my job <laughs> like that if it's a if it's special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if if I'm doing a special, if I'm doing a TV taping, if I'm mm. doing a showcase that I want, like, hey, I want your support. But if it's a Wednesday night, you got something to do, and you're like, why didn't you invite me? You know, I want to support you. What well, if you want to support me? Show the fuck up because I'm thinking about a million other things. 
if if it was the other way around and you found I don't need the invite. I'm showing up. And I feel like that's a strength of yours and from everything you've said so But I'm far, thinking as you. Exactly, I'm thinking that's what I'm, th- so, I'm yeah. thinking you have so much to do. I don't need that specific text from you to know that I know that you want me there to support. I'm yeah. going let me him or her whoever it is, let me just let them do the I had a, I had a buddy recently. I I had to miss his wedding, right? One a yeah. really good friend of mine. It was in Texas. I wanted to be there, but I committed to this live show the next day that I was like, if my flight gets late at all, and there were nine other people on the show that I've asked to help me with that I didn't know was going to conflict, so I invited to the wedding late. And then he is not happy with me that I didn't say anything after the wedding, like, congrats. But I'm thinking, you got five, 600 people texting you, emailing you. I'm giving you a beat to, because I respect that, because to me, I don't want, on my birthday, don't text me happy birthday. Now you're getting rid of all the, the important messages I have. Don't, I I know that you wish me happy birthday inside. Yeah. I respect the fact yeah. that I think that you want me to have well wishes, but I don't need this shitty text of happy birthday. You're doing it out of obligation. I feel like it's out. <laughs> I feel like you have quite a bit. I'm not giving you $200 after this session. <laughs> I think you have such a big in self insight. I think is is that the word? Maybe maybe it's empathy. Maybe it's it's an emotional tele- intelligence. It's something that makes you understand. So you say you see things in other people's ways, right? I think it's but just how, but I think how it's much just logic and just understanding. It's that too. But how much of your emotional energy do you spend just being kind of frustrated that other people don't have that? All the time. I feel like yeah. I feel All like the it's time. like I don't have expectations of people i i I don't expect anything from anyone i always i think that everyone i'm comfortable with you letting me down because i i i expect it that's so i have no expectations of if you go Mm. i'm going to pick you up at eight i always i have a backup plan already i don't think you're gonna come but i do have hope that you're going to be there at eight so then when you do show up at eight i'm surprised so that's what makes me feel good but the expectation of you being there for me but at 7.30, I'm like, I'm probably going to have to find a ride. Uh, okay, what's the question? The question is, because feelings aren't logical, right? That's rational. So, all rational. F- feelings are I- rational. Do you think? I think. Because, cause, 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 no, cause, they're rational to so understand. But your feelings aren't always rational when you I feel think, I think. I think when you rationalize something... It's you, you kind of, you weighing things out. How does, how do, how do I feel about it? When it's logic, it's just what makes the most sense. There's no. So, but if, if I was, um, cause if I say I have the same self inside and I've just gotten married and of course there were 600 people there, but my good friend's own wasn't there. And I know, I know I'm being silly, right? Mm-hmm. I can rationally see, of course you shouldn't feel bad about that. Cause you know, he's very busy and of course he wishes he could be there. Of course he wishes me congratulations. I understand he couldn't be there, but if you don't have that ability or that emotional space to think, oh, of course this is silly, then you just have the feeling, which is legit and valid. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Correct. I'm, and I'm, the, the, what I'm coming at it from is my mother is, I mean, not being diagnosed, but probably autistic. So everything that okay. she, um, taught me everything the way she lives is extremely logic and extremely rational to the extent where like she'll just say things that are definitely true but holy shit yeah. like you can't i'm I very comfortable with how, how your mom thinks yeah, i know 
right? That's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking because yeah, yeah. then what I had to learn and what I had to what I had to learn from dealing with that sort of logical thinking around emotions was I had to sort of sit my mom down and go, but that's not how logic works. That's not how feelings work. Sometimes feelings are completely irrational and you can't explain them and you're just feeling them. Yeah. And you can't rationalize it. So and I, she doesn't like that, and I don't like that because I'm the same. I, it's, yeah. I'm very honest, and then I get really annoyed when people then get upset because I'm like, "But I just told you the truth." Yeah. But that is how emotions work. There's, there's not, there's a very small percentage of, especially in romantic relationships that I've had, where at, over time they all come back and go, "I get it." Yeah, because then because the you weren't trying are, to make me feel a certain way. Then the feelings way. have subsided, and they've yeah. dealt with the feelings, and then they can think rationally. But well, very it's, few it's, people can rationalize their emotions as it's happening. It's it's I oh man I think because I refuse to lie to people I care about, unless it's to save your life or something. If you know if it's mm. if it's life or death, I'm not gonna lie to keep you alive. But mm. if if it's like just if it's just because we're sharing, communicating, I'm not gonna lie to you. But I think they don't understand it until after someone else has done it to them that they realize, oh, shit, he saved me a lot of time and heartache by being honest with me. And they don't realize until someone. Because I think any woman I've dealt with can can absolutely. Well, I, I may be in the, like the last seven years um, can can look at me afterwards and go, okay, <laughs> I've been lied to by everyone else all the time. And this motherfucker did not lie to me at all, but it felt like a lie because everyone else is so comfortable lying that I don't even know what the truth is most of the time. And I, that's, no one's ever said that to me, but I think that's the feeling that comes out eventually. So when when someone when someone's being honest with you and the truth isn't nice, like for example, the what we were talking about in the beginning, rejection for a part or uh, being broken up with, or you know just you know uncomfortable truths like I'm not in love with you or something like that. This is really not nice to hear. Do you instantly rationalize that in your head and go that is okay? Or do I'll you process have it the, later. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, and I'll sit with it, and it could be. That night, it could be weeks from then, and then I'll process it, and then I, I might have a good cry. I might have, you know, I, I think every comic, especially, you know, we get we get those dark periods where, you know, I need that 72 hours to to feel things because I'm often going through rejection. But I remember I did, after my first series, I was doing a show called Whitney, Whitney Cummings Show on NBC. I was on the second season. I was, it was my first, pretty, you know, my first job, really, in L.A., and... um it went well. I, I had a, you know, people were like, oh, man, this was funny. We, we have to let him do his thing. And so I got an offer immediately. But I was going from a, a multicam show, which is a live audience, 300 people out there. It was great. Chris D'Elia was on the show. Played Whitney's uh, husband, um, uh, Zoe Lister-Jones, Ray Seahorn, Dan O'Brien. I mean, like, I was learning from some really good people. Young at the time, didn't know. I didn't know what a stand-in was. I didn't know there was a dude that's going to just look like me to help get the lighting and the camera position. I had no idea what, so now I'm just learning on the fly. The next job I get is a single camera show, but I'm used to hearing a laugh after I make a joke. That doesn't happen on a single camera show. The director and everybody else on the crew has to be quiet as fuck. So now I'm delivering these jokes, but I'm very uncomfortable, right? And we shoot the pilot, doesn't get picked up. And I mean, there's some great, I don't even want to name the people on this show because it 
I was not good on the show. I felt it. I felt uncomfortable. Hmm. And then um, my manager calls me and they cut my part very, very short. I mean, they, I was still in it, but I wasn't as, as much as I should be in it. And uh, or it was written for me, and um, and then I'm asked my manager go like what, just like tell me what it is, man, give me the hard truth. And he goes, they said it was a tough day. They're like you you weren't as great as you were in the audition and the test. And I go, cool, man, I need to hear that because mm. that can make me better. You baby, you know you you, you cuddling me and 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 just you know. Hey, don't worry about it. You were great. They were all like, don't bullshit me, man. Like, let me take my stripes. Let me take my lash, lashings and then I'll get better. That's the only way I can get better if you tell me. You know what I mean? It's like those clubs mm. that, those really good clubs that you can't bomb in. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. you don't know if you're, you don't know if that joke is good. They laugh at anything. Mm. And you get to one of those tough spots. Like, that's why I still do like shitty bar shows. Just to go, if this works here, this should work just about anywhere. But if it, if it's a good ass club, it's a fucking great club, and I can, and it kills here. Then I go to a tough spot in New York, and people are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I worked over, worked over there. I didn't get the truth. It was fun, but I didn't learn anything. And so I need I need those moments that you gotta call me on my shit. So how do you f- how does it make you feel when people don't want the th- I mean, because, and this is. I can't I, worry about your feelings. I'm saving you time. No, but, because <laughs> I, I, I remember being in a car with a comedian driving somewhere, and I said, oh, I, it's funny how it's very obvious why some people don't make it. You know, and I find it very strange that some people are like, oh, just why am I not on TV? Why am I not on TV when, like, the truth is very obvious why some people are, some people aren't. There's always a reason. You can always dig into it. Sometimes it's not fair, but other times it is. But, anyways, and then this guy said, okay, so why am I not on TV? And then I assumed he wanted the truth, so I was like, "Oh well." So I told him, and he didn't. He didn't want the truth. <laughs> it was very awkward in the car after that. He was very sad, very angry. We haven't spoken since. And his uh, wife wrote a very angry article about me, but not about that. Um, <laughs> and I was just a bit. I got annoyed because he got sad, which is not the most empathetic way of reacting. But I was like, "But of course you're going to want to know why, because that means you could change it, and then you can." Live your life and get on TV if that's what you want to even, do. Even if it's not exactly what it is, at least take the perspective. Yeah. This could be a factor. Could be, and I could be the first one to be truly honest with you because yep. other people aren't going to be because they have, they gain so much from lying, from being the person to make you feel good by saying, you're amazing, you're incredible, it's so unfair, you're not on TV. Then you get, you like them because sure. they were so honest with you and told you what you wanted to hear, air quotes. Yeah. Where I'm being really, I'm, risking something by telling you this so you should in theory logically rationally like me more than them but you don't because i hurt your feelings by being honest and what i'm working on what i should be working on is not being annoyed because Mm -hmm. his reaction is fair enough of course you're going to be sad by someone telling you all your jokes have been written before by others (laughs) who deliver them better but i think as someone who thinks rationally and logically we have to sort of accept the very annoying truth that people's feelings are so irrational but we have to make space for them do you know what i mean yeah you do i mean it has to be the there has to be a slice of of pie for them too and and but when but and you have to take care of them a little more and be a little more you know you have to you have to you have to nurture that a little more a little different than you than you want to and i'm not 
I'm learning that. And actually, my TV nights. So 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 my friend, I'll say her name. Her name, uh, Bruna. Uh, my friend Bruna, like she lives across the street <clears throat> from me, and she'll come on over. And, like we'll just we'll we'll smoke a joint at night, watch TV, and it's great. So like right now we're watching Handmaid's Tale, uh, <laughs> Big Little Lies, Euphoria, which is mind blowing. Okay, uh, you haven't seen it yet? No. It's 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 such a all the TV is so good right now, but mm. um, uh, even you know what I just watched on the plane over here is Young Offenders. Not seen that either. It's, I think it's a I think it's a show out of Dublin. But oh these, really? These two kids, like I, I'm guessing they're grown, but they're playing high school kids at, at the in the moment. Mm. But um, and they're like young assholes who have a heart who just don't have any direction. Mm. And that's a lot of people these days, you know. So and mm. and when you, when I watched like I, I fell asleep, but I watched like two or three episodes. You know, I was over red eye flight, so I, I passed out. But it was, I remember it being like, oh, this is this is really good, you know. And it and it even though it's a comedy, it's people f- having feelings and and so her and I will watch TV. I'm gonna tell her about it, so we're gonna watch that shit when we get back. But. um and so we will watch, you know, an episode of you four. Then we'll, you know, we'll take 20 minutes to like, did anything stand out to you at this point? Did and, we, and her and I will talk like big little lies, like about what, you know, and that's a heavy show. Mm. Handmaid's Tales is a heavy show. Mm. And we and we'll pause in between and just go, OK, like this is it makes it makes me rem- remember something from 10 years ago or with this. I remember uh, something you said a minute ago kind of just sparked to me. I remember when I was a junior, uh, sophomore in high school and this girl that I was, I, she was gorgeous. She was a senior, I think. And I just was like super in love with this girl. Okay. And, um, once I used to wear like the, I mean, I had like not cool. This is when glasses weren't cool. <laughs> remember that, remember that period? Like in the nineties where glasses were like, Oh, you yeah. wear glasses nerd. And now everybody's like, I'm a nerd. I want to be a nerd. And so, but I, I, I was, I had glasses and they weren't cool glasses. I had like, they had like the, the springy, a wrap around oh, the yeah. ear. And like I would sweat because I played sports, so I, I would sweat, and like the nose pieces would become green, like algae. It was fucking gross. But I only had one pair of glasses because we, you know, we didn't have money. But I went to school, and I didn't have my. I had a gap in my teeth, and I didn't have a cool haircut, and I wore these weird glasses. And I remember her saying, "Oh man, when you get contacts and get braces, you're gonna be cute." And I hear that every morning. Every morning, right? So by the time I get to college and I like, I get contact lenses and then my parents aren't around so I can like get my own haircut. So I'm trying different styles and then I'm kind of getting a goatee and I'm kind of coming into like, oh, I have a style now. I have a look, right? And then dating becomes easier and I can get a girlfriend and then, you know, then I get, I have like a corporate gig for a while and then I move back to Atlanta. Then I get to San Francisco. So now I'm meeting women from all parts of the world and like different races and everything and and like i'm connecting with you know i'm not having to work as hard or like be as silly and charming. i can like have a conversation without having to trick someone into liking me for my humor or whatever and and even at 36 i still hear when you get contacts and close that gap you're gonna be cute and it still fucks with me it's been 20 something years what does it mean to you uh, I I take it as, and it could be more, but I take it as just, it's just like humble, like it's just an ego check. 
It really is because I'm like I feel I think I've and I and that's a lot about that show Euphoria and it's a lot about like you know all, all these shows and like the Young Offender show and it and I see these kids and I go you're gonna be somebody different twenty years from now but you're probably still gonna feel like that that kid you know what I mean it's so, like yeah so do you think you carry a lot of that like the f- feelings as a it's funny because I wanted to ask you, this might be related otherwise it's a completely different topic but I think it might be. Um, because you said, and this has been in the back of my mind, you said you grew up watching Fresh Prince, for example. Yeah. Do you remember the episode where, it must be, it must have been a special episode, maybe at the end of a season or something, where you follow them, like before the show, and Will Smith kind of guides you around and introduces you to all the cast, and uh, makes, still funny, still makes all the jokes. Uh, and then you see him in the warm-up, you see them warm up the audience, you see how they're like, and uh, one Grammys, yeah. and da, da, da. and then he comes out, and you f- they film the audience for the first time, and it's, um, like when you're a child and you're watching that, you're like, holy shit. You see behind the curtain. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. I, I just really wanted to ask you about how, uh, how it was then doing that for the first time, like a live audience. If, if, if uh, how, and I think it's, the reason why I think it's the same question is because, like I, I've recently been rewatching both Fresh Prince and I've also been rewatching Full House, which is not, <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> Very different. Hey man, the Michelles were good. Oh my god, the Michelles. <laughs> what a show. Anyways, but the, like watching something you watched as a child, there's so many of the same feelings that come up that you felt as you were watching it yeah. because of how you were. So yeah, I guess I guess it's just like a main topic instead of a question, which is like you as a child and like where you as a child is now in your life do you know what mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if I heard the question I don't but, know if there was a question um, <laughs> uh, I will say this there's a there's a uh, just just recently I guess I was going through this with my therapist too but like and I, and I just like talking to friends and just where we where we're at in our careers because you know after you get in this game and you know you start going to you know, some Hollywood parties and, and, uh, you know, award shows and, you know, just more red carpets and just, you know, knowing more people in the industry who you were a fan of and now you're kind of buddies with, you know, it's, it's, it's surreal. So weird. And, and, you know, meeting the people. And I remember when I met Common and, uh, Jesse Williams and Don Cheadle and Don Cheadle knew who I was and Chappelle knowing who I was. It was like, it's weird. It's weird. And like the fact that I, me and Kat, I did a show with Kathy Bates and Kathy and I get together once a month. I go over to her house and just me and her and we just sip a little tequila and we'll smoke a joint and we just talk shit. And it's, it's weird. That's like, that's a buddy of mine now. I'm a fan. Yeah. But like now we share, we're like peers and I get a chance to watch her be nervous. Mm. And she gets a chance to like give me advice on there. Here's what you don't want to do. I learned this 30 years ago. I learned this 10 years ago. I learned this five years ago. But just even being in this game now, and I and I, I retreat from the idea of being like, I'm a Hollywood dude. I feel like I'm a dude living in Hollywood, because I'm still a fan of what I do, and I only do shit where I get to have fun. And I think that's why I'm, you know, I'm a little torn up about the show I mentioned earlier that I was that I tested for, because I'm like, I fell in love with the idea of being able to do it, and now, because I knew I was going to have fun working with that person. And now I'm not going to get a chance to, but I more so than the show, I wanted that experience. But I, people ask me like, Oh, when did you know you were going to go into, into this career? And I remember being 12 years old and, uh, my mom, maybe I was like, maybe I was 14, but I feel like I was, I feel like I was 12. And my mom goes, what do you want to do? And this is prime time for Will Smith. And this is, you know, this is like 
prime Fresh Prince era. This is Cosby Show. This is this is Different World. This is Martin. The whole yeah. Friday night. The you know TGIF. This is this is you know f- Full House. This is Dinosaur. This is Step by Step. This is oh, God, Boy Meets World. Step. This is you I know Shia LaBeouf. Huge fan of. Yeah. When I met him for the first time, almost freaked the fuck oh, out. God. I can't even tell you where I met him because it, it it'd be too intrusive. Like but. And and I go I'm gonna I'm gonna be on TV and she's like you like what do you mean you wanna um like a like on the news like you wanna be a, <laughs> you wanna be an anchor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like no I want to do what Will Smith is doing yeah. and she was like okay um and nobody in my family's ever been in entertainment not that I know of on both either side uh, and because most of the people that grew up where we grew up don't leave that neighborhood you might go to college and then come back. Just to, and so I didn't grow up around my family, so I was okay leaving. So I went to college, did a couple plays, and did you know high school, you know theater, whatever. And that's the only class I didn't get kicked out of because I was always you know talking too much. It was theater, and then I go do a couple plays in you know Savannah where I went to school, and then I go to SCAD to like do a bunch of indie films and stuff. And then I kind of got out of it because I got back to Atlanta, and it and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Did all these indie films, and they never came out. Working with these mm-hmm. directors with no money, these you know these. But I got the, you know, I got, you know, so I went back to corporate America and then, uh, and then I was like, fuck it, man. I, you know, I want to perform. I need to get this out of my system. And then I started doing comedy, started doing stand up, And it was a, the unbelievable release. It was like, if, if I'm bad at this, at least I'll make some buddies doing it. There, there going to be some other guys that are terrible too. At least we'll watch some football together. And then I started doing it and I fall in love with it. And then I moved to LA going like, all right, let me re, re hit the reset button. And like, I'm going, I'm, I'm not coming back without a sitcom i'm going to be on tv and i got on a sitcom in like 10 months it was i was a regular on whitney in 10 months first time in hollywood it was nuts i mean to me people always ask me for advice i'm like how like i want to be an actor i'm like i don't know it was timing and luck you know my twitter profile says uh we're talent and we're talent and luck equal rent <laughs> <laughs> and and people ask me now like uh you know why do you do what you do or you know what made you want to do this and i think because when i was growing up that's the most time we spent together as a family was like on friday nights we'd order pizza and my mom dad and i would sit down and watch sitcoms we watched tgif and i think that's why i do it i really think that like that's the best memory i have of us doing some cool shit together and so now I know since they watch, my dad watches tons of movies. I mean, if you see my special, you you know, it makes a lot of sense. But my mom watches a lot of TV. And so it's like, if I want their attention, I got to be where they are, which is on a television because they're going to be in front mm. of it. And it just kind of, in the last year, I just realized that's why I do this. This is the way I get their attention as an only child is to be on what they do the most, which is they enjoy their shows. Weirdly, literally the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> so weirdly, I sent a fan letter to Will Smith when I was four years old. Oh shit! In Danish. Hello, William. Please come to my house and visit. Thank you. And I was just like, "Hey, mom, can you send that to William Smith?" <laughs> never Willard. Got back to me. Willard. No, his real name. Willard. You sure? Yep. We can look it up. Oh my I guarantee god. Guarantee it. Okay. I Willard, trust you. Willard Smith. Willard Smith. Yeah. What a shame. <laughs> what That's a why you never got it. Yeah, I get it. I get it now. Yeah. I think you'd prefer my way of saying it. Um, <laughs> I think it's more than uh, talent and luck. I think it's um, the way you manage to deal with the harshness of the industry mm. because you have such a rational, logical 
honest view of it and yourself because yeah. I think the rejections and the having to fight quite hard and the knowing how to get better and being able to handle the truth that it you know that you suck in yeah. the beginning yeah I think that's part, a big part of it for you it feels like because yeah. it's a strength in this industry yeah it's I mean if if you know it's it's the nose don't hurt. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the why. It's not the no. I could care less about the no. Because every no means a yes is coming. Right? So, it's like, it's like, well, you know, you know, like when you, like when you fly international and you have to get off the plane and then there's always that escalator or the set of steps. And I always take the steps. Right? Just because I want the people in the escalator looking at me going like, we're going the same speed. I don't have a lot of bags. It's not, I'm, you know, we're carrying the same amount of shit. We're going the same speed, but you took the eat, like you'd rather take the easy way. And I know every step I'm going to get to the top. I'm not going to be tired and we're getting to the same place at the same time. And also like I decided to work a little harder and now you're looking at me like, fuck man. And regardless of whether you expect it or not, you're like, I don't even know him, but I respect him for taking the steps. <laughs> I think you're an absolute fool. You've been standing <laughs> still, checking your phone. Now, now the flat ones, the flat, whatever those are called, the little yeah. flat ones, definitely using those. Yeah. I'm not walking. <laughs> those are definitely a little faster. <laughs> but the escalator, I'm taking the steps. Um, so the last question I was asking the podcast yeah. is this. <clears throat> okay. You're in the delivery room, and mm-hmm. you have just been born. But you're also you now, and you're holding yourself as a baby. So Tone just got born, and he is crying because he was just in the comfortable, warm, dark womb mm-hmm. where everything was safe and nice. And now he's out and there's lights and sounds everywhere. And he's looking at you like, what the fuck? Is this life? Have I been born into this? Is it all going to be lights and sounds and noise all the time? Because that is horrifying. So you get to say something to him. And you can't give advice because you can't change anything. Mm-hmm. He'll forget everything in a moment, so it doesn't matter what you, you can, you know. Everything will happen exactly the way it's happened now. But you can say something because he's looking at you like, what's this going to be like? What is this? Where are we going to be? What's going to happen? So what would you say to teeny tiny baby you? That is a great question. Jesus Christ. Um I would say this is going to be tough. Uh, you're not going to understand most of it. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. And don't be afraid to. Do you still need to be told that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a buddy just... Um, I get like People have stopped me on the street because I... And I, I never found it. You know, and I say it for myself, like I post on Instagram or, you know, I got off of Facebook a couple years ago. I don't I mean, I check it occasionally, but not I don't I'm not active on it um, just for like promo- show promotions, or whatever. But like I I, um, I don't use it as a novelty, you know, the whole Wisdom Wednesday thing, you know, but it's I've had people stop me on the street when I when I put up a quote and then I put something personal in a caption and it's not for you. It has nothing to do with you. This is, 
I hope it means something to you. I hope you can take something away from it, but it's really for me. I'm reaffirming why I feel this way. And so when people stop me on the street and they go, dude, like you said, like, or people, you know, inbox me or whatever, and they go, dude, I needed to hear that right now. And, you know, any, and I'll give them another, hopefully, you know, don't be afraid, man. Take that, take that leap, but you got to work. And I, and I just, and I've said that in, in, uh, um, um, in, in job interviews before I got into this career. So I guess kind of, you know, professional auditions where they go like, what's your biggest strength in your biggest weakness? And I go, I'm not afraid to make a mistake. And I've lost jobs because of it. And I've gotten jobs because of it. And that's, it's, I've lost friends because of it. I've gained friends because of it. And it's not something you can control, but I know if I make this mistake, it ain't going to happen again. But if I don't make that mistake, I didn't learn shit. So, I'm comfortable making these fucking mistakes. I got no problem making the mistake. I went to, I had a, <laughs> I had a, um, I had a, uh, a show. My, my biggest show ever was probably 3,500. And the first time I did it, murdered. Couldn't believe it. Cried afterwards. Murdered. 3,500 people thought I was funny at the same time. Crazy. Maybe 2,700. You can't get everybody. But I did it two years later too confident oh, I've rocked this room before I know exactly what I'm doing and that's difficult and it's like it, it'd be different if it was like me on the stage was only the first few rows recognize me but they got these goddamn jumbotrons <laughs> so you're seeing the you're see, even the lady who's doing the sign language so people in the back can see it and then I mean she I mean she's slowing down because I'm slowing down her hands get slower She's not laughing. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I got two. But, you know, I learned my fucking lesson. Don't just think you you didn't work hard enough to get this right again. You thought you were just going to do this and it was going to be great. Mistake made. Guess guess what I won't be doing anymore? Assuming that this is going to go well. Same, same amount of people. Learn the same thing. And now, but I'm a better person because of it. Better person because of it. And, and, and. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you, I think you gotta make the kind of tell this last quick story. It's mm-hmm. like I made a mistake of um, I didn't know. I learned it from friends later, but I didn't know I had just gotten a. I mean, this is probably pre. I think this is probably before I got on Whitney. I'm still auditioning for. Um, I mean, probably had. I mean, you know, a baker's dozen of auditions at this point, but I'm working on this. Um, I'm working on scenes with uh, this director, actually the, the Jill Soloway who created uh, Transparent uh, mm. on on Amazon, and so we were doing like these these um, these uh, um, kind of like these sizzle scenes or just like you know proof of concept scenes. And uh, I didn't make it in the show, but it helped her get you know it helped her get the show made. And so while I'm doing that, the uh, there's a I get a call like, hey, CW wants to see you for this like superhero show. And I get this call and I'm they're like, can you be there in 45 minutes? So I'm like, all right, I get the script and I start looking over it and it's single spaced. Didn't know what that meant. Didn't know, you know, I didn't, I there, the difference in double space versus single space where double spaced scripts mean it's, it's a sitcom. It's a comedy. It's a sitcom. Single space means it can be, it's going to be single camera, Right. And it could be comedy or drama, but I didn't, I'm just now looking at the script. I didn't look at any, uh, anything else. I get, 
uh, over to Warner Brothers again, and I go into this room, and I, yeah, I didn't read the script. I didn't have time. It was 45 minutes. I get over there, and it's the director, eight producers, casting director, other, I mean, it's probably 12, 14 people in this room, and I'm like, oh, I'm good with a crowd. I'm about to murder this shit. Mm-hmm. They got any, you got any questions? Uh, yeah, I was like, just, just making sure, like, uh, where this dude fits in. Is he, is he, it feels like he has a lot of charisma, you know, the most charismatic kind of, you know, just, and they're like, yeah, I would say, I would say that. I'm like, all right, cool. Give me a second. Go outside. <sighs> all right, come back in. It's probably 12 pages of dialogue. And I don't know it all. I'm still reading. I'm still, you know, I'm not off book. And I'm going back and forth with the reader. And they're shocked. They're fucking shocked. And I was like, I'm sorry, did I do something wrong? The casting director brings me outside. He goes, um, hey, did, when'd you get this? I go, like, man, like 45 minutes ago. He's like, okay, um, you know this is a drama, right? I'm reading everything like it was a con- I'm putting punchlines <laughs> in places that are not there. I'm waiting for laughs in the room. I'm del- I'm spinning jokes that are not on the page. And and he was like, you want to take 20 minutes to redo? I go, man, I can't go back in that room. <laughs> this mistake has been made. Yeah. Now I go, what's the... Di-? So now I get single space, double space. I'm looking at the breakdown more. I'm look I I when I get a script, I look at the director, I look him up. What else has he done? Cuz a lot of people what let me look with the writers, or do they normally do dramas? Do they do comedy sometimes? I'm going to watch a clip of something they've done and and now I I took that experience to go this shit ain't going to happen to me again. But I had to go bomb and and then years later, same people bring me back in, I do the flash. Perfect. Yeah. That's a really good lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, Tone Bell, T-O-N-E-B-E-L-L. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I think I have YouTube. I don't post a lot of stuff on YouTube, but uh, all the social media, I'm there. Uh, Facebook, you know, my fan page on Facebook, um, and I and I, you know, I respond to people. So if you do hit me, it may not be that day, but I mean, I get back to most people that hit me. I try to, you know, long as it's not some silly, you know. Silly random, but I answer most questions, and I'm I like meeting people and talking to people, different perspectives. Um, and then uh, catch my special um, on uh, Showtime or Amazon, Hulu. It's on Apple, it's on iTunes and, and uh, Apple Music. The album is Spotify, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, and I'll be shooting my new one soon. Amazing. So first one is called Can't Cancel This, and the second one's probably called Season Two. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear some more uh, insider stuff, some very, very intriguing things from Tone Bell, uh, you can go on to patreon.com forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D. And uh, yeah, you can you can hear the extra bit. The extra bit that I always make with the guests where I ask them six, seven questions that, not six or seven, not six or seven, six or seven questions that always get something out of them. S- questions like, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? What do you wish people knew about you? An unpopular opinion of yours. And uh, can I just say, in this, Tone reveals something quite incredible. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm just clicking, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm trying to find the list of names that I'm about to say, because if you're a friend of the podcast, meaning if you give $5 or more um, on Patreon, uh, you will have your name read out loud. You can also just give a dollar per episode. You can also give way, way more. And uh, then you become a special, special friend of the podcast. And um, 
yeah, was that a mess? Was that, was that me mumbling? It's because I'm opening this document. I'm sorry. I mean, you're not here for the professionalism, are you? You're here for us just getting acquainted. So <laughs> I would like to say a massive, massive, massive thank you to the incredible Andrea Papillon, Andrew January, Andy Walker, Anya Knoblauk, um, Ashley Salmon, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin, Kat Forsay, Kathy Beveridge, Cherry Winter, Claire McCowlin, Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Rivershe, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, Emma Chan, Vanilla Dunn, Privacy, Osoros, Aurora Teratops, Fiona Richardson, uh, Hannah Rose Tristram, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minne, Minute, Minute, Heather Watson, Edith Zirkel Larsen, Jane Mahoney, Josie, Kathleen Goodmanson, Kathy Draxelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrina Engelson, Katie Travis, Kathy Travis, Kaylee Renouf, Renouf, uh oh, new name, Kaylee Renouf, 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 ooh, interesting one, Kaylee, <laughs> Kim Williams, uh, Kirsten Davidson, uh, M Dash, Maury Fraser, Mana, Mana, Wow, why can't I say that? Manon, 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 Elin, Manon, Elin, Manso Mir, Marketa Dupalova, Mac- uh, Megan Roberts, Paul Swallow, Paul Williams. Paul Williams, that sounds new too. There's a lot of new people. Perpetual Motion, Fiafene. <laughs> then it says, Rachel, not really. It's Lillian Harry French in a Rachel costume. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but now you can change your name in there. Rachel Evenheim, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips. I don't know if the new Rachel costume, um, Lily and Harry French, will work. <laughs> but I like the attempt. Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Kappa, Russell Hughes. Uh, Sarah Ferrer, I could sit Sarah Ellett, Sarah Plumer, the three Sarahs. Susie Tyler, Victoria Greer, and Victoria Layton. Ooh, we have two Victorias now. <gasps> if we get another Victoria, they can join the, the trio battle between the Rachels and the Sarahs. Come on, Victoria, we need you. Uh, yeah, that was it. Thank you so, so much for listening. Tell your friends, go to Five Star Rating, become a patron, all of those things. Also for your one-off donations, which can also be made on madeofhuman.com. madeofhumanpodcast.com. Uh, yeah, it's much appreciated. Thank you to Dave Pickering for producing this episode, to Kitty Edgar for doing the booking, Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle, and to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo. And thank you to Tone Bell and to you for listening. I will speak to you next week. Bye. Oh.